On Arabian Demonology from Arabian Society in the Middle Ages by Edward William Lane. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Demonology The Muslims in general believe in three different species of created intelligent beings. Angels, who are created of light, genie, who are created of fire, and men created of earth. The first species are called Mala'ika, singular Melek. The second, Jinn, singular Jinni. The third, Ins, singular Insa. Some hold that the devils, Shaitans, are of a species distinct from angels and Jinn, but the more prevailing opinion and that which rests on the highest authority is that they are rebellious Jinn. It is believed, says Al-Qazwini, that the angels are of a simple substance endowed with life and speech and reason, and that the difference between them and the jinns and shaitans is a difference of species. Know, he adds, that the angels are sanctified from carnal desire and the disturbance of anger. They disobey not God in what he hath commanded them, but do what they are commanded. Their food is the celebrating of his glory, their drink the proclaiming of his holiness their conversation the commemoration of God, whose name be exalted, their pleasure his worship, they are created in different forms and with different powers. Some are described as having the forms of brutes. Four of them are archangels, Jibrail or Jibril, Gabriel, the angel of revelations, Mikael or Mikal, Michael, the patron of the Israelites, Ezrael, the angel of death, and Israfel, the angel of the trumpet, which he is to sound twice, or as some say thrice, at the end of the world. One blast will kill all living creatures, himself included. Another forty years after, he being raised again for this purpose, with Jibrael and Mikael, will raise the dead. These archangels are also called apostolic angels. They are inferior in dignity to human prophets and apostles, though superior to the rest of the human race. The angelic nature is held to be inferior to the human nature because all the angels were commanded to prostrate themselves before Adam. Every believer is attended by two guardian and recording angels, one of whom writes his good actions, the other his evil actions, or, according to some, the number of these angels is five or sixty or hundred and sixty. There are also two angels called Munkir, vulgar, Nakir, and Nikir, who examine all the dead and torture the wicked in their graves. The species of jinn is said to have been created some thousands of years before Adam. According to a tradition from the prophet, this species consists of five orders or classes, namely jan, who are the least powerful of all, jinn, shaitans, or devils, ifrits, and marids. The last, it is added, are the most powerful, and the jan are transformed jinn, like as certain apes and swines were transformed men. It must, however, be remarked here that the terms jinn and jan are generally used indiscriminately as names of the whole species, including the other orders above mentioned, whether good or bad, and that the former term is the more common. Also, that shaitan is commonly used to signify any evil jinni. Anifrit is a powerful evil jinni, a marid, an evil jinni of the most powerful class. The jinn, but generally speaking evil ones, are called by the Persians deves. 
the most powerful evil jinn, naras, which signifies males, though they are said to be males and females, the good jinn, peris, though this term is commonly applied to females. In a tradition from the Prophet, it is said, the jinn were created of a smokeless fire. Al-jan is sometimes used as a name of Iblis, as in the following verse of the Quran, And the jan, the father of jinn, id-es Iblis, we had created before, id-es, before the creation of Adam, of the fire of the samum, id-es, of fire without smoke. Jan also signifies a serpent, as in other passages of the Quran, and is used in the same book as synonymous with jinn. In the last sense, it is generally believed to be used in the tradition quoted in the commencement of this paragraph. There are several apparently contradictory traditions from the Prophet which are reconciled by what has been above stated. In one, it is said that Iblis was the father of all the Jan and Shaitans, Jan being here synonymous with Jinn. In another, that Jan was the father of all Jinn, Jan being here used as a name of Iblis. It is held, says Al-Khazwini, a writer of the 13th century, that the jinn are aerial animals with transparent bodies which can assume various forms. People differ in opinion respecting these beings. Some consider the jinn and shaitans as unruly men, but these persons are of the Mu'tazila, a sect of Muslim freethinkers, and some hold that God, whose name be exalted, created the angels of the light of fire, and the jinn of its flame, but this is at variance with the general opinion, and the shaitans of its smoke, which is also at variance with the common opinion, and that all these kinds of beings are usually invisible to men, but that they assume what forms they please, and when their form becomes condensed, they are visible. This last remark illustrates several descriptions of jinnis in the Thousand and One Nights, where the form of the monster is at first undefined, or like an enormous pillar, and then gradually assumes a human shape and less gigantic size. It is said that God created the jinn, or jinn, two thousand years before Adam, or, according to some writers, much earlier, and that there are believers and infidels, and every sect among them as among men. Some say that a prophet named Yusuf was sent to the jinn, others that they had only preachers or admonishers, others again that seventy apostles were sent before Muhammad to jinn and men conjointly. It is commonly believed that the pre-Adamite jinn were governed by forty or, according to some, seventy-two kings, to each of whom the Arab writers give the name of Suleiman, Solomon, and that they derive their appellation from the last of these, who was called Jan ibn Jan, and who, some say, built the pyramids of Egypt. The following account of the pre-Adamite jinn is given by Al-Khazwini. It is related in histories that a race of jinn in ancient times before the creation of Adam inhabited the earth and covered it, the land and the sea and the plains and the mountains, and the favors of God were multiplied upon them, and they had government and prophecy and religion and law, but they transgressed and offended and opposed their prophets and made wickedness to abound in the earth, whereupon God, whose name be exalted, sent against them an army of angels who took possession of the earth and drove away the jinn to the regions of the islands and made many of them prisoners. And of those who were made prisoners was Azazil, afterwards called Iblis, from his despair, and a slaughter was made among them. At that time Azazil was young. 
He grew up among the angels, and probably for that reason was called one of them, and became learned in their knowledge, and assumed the government of them, and his days were prolonged until he became their chief, and thus it continued for a long time, until the affair between him and Adam happened, as God, whose name be exalted, hath said, when we said unto the angels, Worship ye, Adam, and all worshipped except Iblis, who was one of the jinn. Iblis, we are told by another author, was sent as a governor upon the earth, and judged among the jinn a thousand years, after which he ascended into heaven, and remained employed in worship until the creation of Adam. The name of Iblis was originally, according to some, Azazil, as before mentioned, and according to others, Elharith, his patronymic is Abu Murrah, or Abu Ghemr. It is disputed whether he was of the angels or of the jinn. There are three opinions on this point. One, that he was of the angels from a tradition in Ibn Abbas. Two, that he was of the shaitans or evil jinn, as it is said in the Quran, except Iblis, who was one of the jinn. This was the opinion of Al-Hassan al-Basri, and is that commonly held? Three, that he was neither of the angels nor of the jinn, but created alone of fire. Ibn Ibas founds his opinion on the same text from which Al-Hassan al-Basri derives his. When we said unto the angels, Worship ye Adam, and all worshipped except Iblis, who was one of the jinn, before quoted, which he explains by saying that the most noble and honorable among the angels are called the jinn, because they are veiled from the other angels on account of their superiority, and that Iblis was one of these jinn. He adds that he had the government of the lowest heaven and of the earth, and was called the Taus, literally peacock, of the angels, and that there was not a spot in the lowest heaven but he had prostrated himself upon it. But when the jinn rebelled upon the earth, God sent a troop of angels who drove them to the islands and mountains, and Iblis, being elated with pride and refusing to prostrate himself before Adam, God transformed him into a shaitan. But this reasoning is opposed by other verses in which Iblis is represented as saying, Thou hast created me of fire, and hast created him, Adam, of earth. It is therefore argued, if he were created originally of fire, how was he created of light? For the angels were all created of light. The former verse may be explained by the tradition that Iblis, having been taken captive, was exalted among the angels, or perhaps there is an ellipsis after the word angels, for it might be inferred that the command given to the angels was also and a fortiori to be obeyed by the jinn. According to a tradition, Iblis and all the shaitans are distinguished from the other jinn by a longer existence. The shaitans, it is added, are the children of Iblis, and die not but with him, whereas the other jinn die before him, though they may live many centuries. But this is not altogether accordant with a popular belief. Iblis and many other evil jinn are to survive mankind, but they are to die before the general resurrection, as also even the angels, the last of whom will be the angel of death, Azrael. Yet not all the evil jinn are to live thus long. Many of them are killed by shooting stars hurled at them from heaven. Wherefore the Arabs, when they see a shooting star, Shihab, often exclaim, May God transfix the enemy of the faith. Many also are killed by other jinn, and some even by men. The fire of which the jinni is created circulates in his veins, in place of blood. 
therefore when he receives a mortal wound this fire issuing from his veins generally consumes him to ashes the jinn it has been already shown are peccable they eat and drink and propagate their species sometimes in conjunction with human beings in which latter case the offspring partakes of the nature of both parents in all these respects they differ from the angels among the evil jinn are distinguished the five sons of their chief iblis namely tyr who brings about calamities losses and injuries al-awwar who encourages debauchery sut who suggests lies dasim who causes hatred between man and wife and zelembur who presides over places of traffic the most common forms and habitations or places of result of the jinn must now be described the following traditions from the prophet are the most to the purpose that i have seen the jinn are of various shapes having the forms of serpents scorpions lions wolves jackals etc the jinn are of three kinds one on the land one in the sea and one in the air the jinn consist of forty troops each troop consisting of six hundred thousand the jinn are of three kinds one have wings and fly another are snakes and dogs and the third move about from place to place like men domestic snakes are asserted to be jinn on the same authority the prophet ordered his followers to kill serpents and scorpions if they intruded at prayers but on other occasions he seems to have required first to admonish them to depart and then if they remain to kill them the doctors however differ in opinion whether all kinds of snakes or serpents should be admonished first or whether any should for the prophet they say took a covenant of the jinn probably after the above-mentioned command that they should not enter the houses of the faithful therefore it is argued if they enter they break their covenant and it becomes lawful to kill them without previous warning yet it is related that aisha the prophet's wife having killed a serpent in her chamber was alarmed by a dream and fearing that it might have been a muslim jinni as it did not enter her chamber when she was undressed gave in alms as an expiation twelve thousand dirhams about three hundred pounds the price of the blood of a muslim the jinn were said to appear to mankind most commonly in the shapes of serpents dogs cats or human beings in the last case they are sometimes of the stature of men and sometimes of a size enormously gigantic if good they are generally resplendently handsome if evil horribly hideous they become invisible at pleasure by a rapid extension or rarefaction of the particles which compose them or suddenly disappear in the earth or air or through a solid wall many moslems in the present day profess to have seen and held intercourse with them witness the following anecdote which was related to me by a persian with whom i was acquainted in cairo named abu qasim a native of jilan then superintendent of muhammad ali's printing office at bulak one of this person's countrymen whom he asserted to be a man of indubitable veracity was sitting on the roof of a house which he had hired overlooking the ganges and was passing the closing hour of the day according to his usual custom in smoking his persian pipe and feasting his eyes by gazing at the beautiful forms of indian maidens bathing in the river when he beheld among them one so lovely that his heart was overpowered with desire to have her for his wife at nightfall she came to him 
and told him that she had observed his emotion and would consent to become his wife, but on the condition that he should never admit another female to take or share her place, and that she should only be with him in the night-time. They took the marriage vow to each other, with none for their witness but God, and great was his happiness, till one evening he saw again, among a group of girls in the river, another who excited in him still more powerful emotions. To his surprise this very form stood before him at the approach of night. He withstood the temptation, mindful of his marriage vow. She used every allurement, but he was resolute. His fair visitor then told him that she was his wife, that she was a genia, and that she would always thenceforward visit him in the form of any females whom he might chance to desire. The zoba, which is a whirlwind that raises the sand or dust in the form of a pillar of prodigious height, often seen sweeping across the deserts and fields, is believed to be caused by the flight of an evil jinni. To defend themselves from a jinni thus riding in the whirlwind, the Arabs often exclaim, Iron, iron, hadid, hadid, or iron thou unlucky, hadid, ya mashum as the jinn are supposed to have a great dread of that metal, or they exclaim, God is most great, Allahu Akbar. A similar superstition prevails with respect to the water spout at sea, as may be seen in the adventures of King Shahriyar in the introduction to the Thousand and One Nights. It is believed that the chief abode of the jinn is in the mountains of Qaf, which are supposed to encompass the whole of our earth but they are also believed to pervade the solid body of our earth and the firmament, and to choose as their principal places of resort or of occasional abode baths, wells, ovens, ruined houses, market-places, the junctures of roads, the sea, and rivers. The Arabs, therefore, when they pour water on the ground or enter a bath, or let down a bucket into a well, and on various other occasions say, Permission! or permission ye blessed, dastur, or dastur ya mubarakin. The evil spirits, or evil jinn, it is said, had liberty to enter any of the seven heavens till the birth of Jesus, when they were excluded from three of them. On the birth of Muhammad they were forbidden the other four. They continue, however, to ascend to the confines of the lowest heaven, and there listening to the conversation of the angels respecting things decreed by God, obtain knowledge of futurity, which they sometimes impart to men, who by means of talismans or certain invocations make them to serve the purposes of magical performances. What the prophet said of Iblis, in the following tradition, applies also to the evil jinn over whom he presides, his chief abode among men is the bath. His chief places of resort are the markets and the junctures of roads. His food is whatever is killed without the name of God being pronounced over it. His drink, whatever is intoxicating. His mu'azzan, the mizmar, a musical pipe, it is any musical instrument. His Quran, poetry. His written character, the marks made in geomancy his speech, falsehood, his snares, women. That particular jinn preside over particular places was an opinion of the early Arabs. It is said in the Quran, and there were certain men who sought refuge with certain of the jinn.
In the commentary of the Jalalain, I find the following remark on these words. When they halted on their journey in a place of fear, each man said, I seek refuge with the Lord of this place from the mischief of his foolish ones. In illustration of this, I may insert the following tradition, translated from Al-Qazwini. It is related by a certain narrator of traditions that he descended into a valley with his sheep, and a wolf carried off a ewe from among them, and he arose and raised his voice and cried, O inhabitant of the valley, whereupon he heard a voice saying, O wolf, restore to him his sheep, and the wolf came with the ewe and left her and departed. The same opinion is held by the modern Arabs, though probably they do not use such an invocation. A similar superstition, a relic of ancient Egyptian credulity, still prevails among the people of Cairo. It is believed that each quarter of the city has its peculiar guardian genius, or agathodaemon, which has the form of a serpent. It has already been mentioned that some of the jinn are Muslims and others infidels. The good jinn acquit themselves of the imperative duties of religion, namely prayers, almsgiving, fasting during the months of Ramadan, and pilgrimage to Mecca and Mount Arafat. But in the performance of these duties, they are generally invisible to human beings. It has been stated that by means of talismans or certain invocations, men are said to obtain the services of jinn and the manner in which the latter are enabled to assist magicians by imparting to them the knowledge of future events has been explained above. No man ever obtained such absolute power over the jinn as Suleiman ibn Daud, Solomon the son of David. This he did by virtue of a most wonderful talisman, which is said to have come down to him from heaven. It was a seal ring, upon which was engraved the most great name of God and was partly composed of brass and partly of iron. With the brass he stamped his written commands to the good jinn. With the iron, for the reason mentioned above, page 36, those to the evil jinn, or devils. Over both orders he had unlimited power, as well as over the birds and the winds, and as is generally said, over the wild beasts. His wazir, Asaf, the son of Barhiya, is also said to have been acquainted with the most great name, by uttering which the greatest miracles may be performed, even that of raising the dead. By virtue of this name engraved on his ring, Suleiman compelled the jinn to assist in building the temple of Jerusalem and in various other works. Many of the evil jinn he converted to the true faith, and many others of this class, who remained obstinate in infidelity, he confined in prisons. He is said to have been monarch of the whole earth. Hence, perhaps, the name of Suleiman is given to the universal monarchs of the pre-Adamite jinn, unless the story of his own universal dominion originated from confounding him with those kings. The injuries related to have been inflicted upon human beings by evil jinn are of various kinds. Jinn are said to have often carried off beautiful women, whom they have forcibly kept as their wives or concubines. Malicious or disturbed jinn are asserted often to station themselves on the roofs or at the windows of houses and to throw down bricks and stones on persons passing by. When they take possession of an uninhabited house, they seldom fail to persecute terribly any person who goes to reside in it. They are also very apt to pilfer provisions, etc. 
Many learned and devout persons, to secure their property from such depredations, repeat the words, In the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful, on locking the doors of their houses, rooms, or closets, and on covering the bread basket or anything containing food. During the month of Ramadan, the evil jinn are believed to be confined in prison, and therefore on the last night of that month, with the same view, women sometimes repeat the words above mentioned and sprinkle salt upon the floors of the apartments of their houses. To complete this sketch of Arabian demonology, an account must be added of several creatures generally believed to be of inferior orders of the jinn. One of these is the ghoul which is commonly regarded as a kind of shaitan or evil jinni that eats men, and is also described by some as a jinni or an enchanter who assumes various forms. The ghouls are said to appear in the forms of human beings and of various animals, and in many monstrous shapes, to haunt burial grounds and other sequestered spots, to feed upon dead human bodies, and to kill and devour any human creature who has the misfortune to fall in their way, whence the term ghoul is applied to any cannibal. An opinion quoted by a celebrated author respecting the ghoul is that it is a demoniacal animal which passes a solitary existence in the deserts, resembling both man and brute, that it appears to a person travelling alone in the night and in solitary places, and being supposed by him to be itself a traveller, lures him out of his way. Another opinion stated by him is this, that when the shaitans attempt to hear words by stealth from the confines of the lowest heaven, they are struck by shooting stars, and some are burnt, some falling into a sea, or rather a large river, Bahar are converted into crocodiles, and some, falling upon the land, become ghouls. The same author adds the following tradition. The ghoul is any jinni that is opposed to travels, assuming various forms and appearances, and affirms that several of the companions of the Prophet saw ghouls in their travels, and that Omar among them saw a ghoul while on a journey to Syria before al-Islam and struck it with his sword. It appears that ghoul is, properly speaking, a name only given to a female demon of the kind above described. The male is called Qutrab. It is said that these beings and the Ghadar or the Gharar and other similar creatures which will presently be mentioned are the offspring of Iblis and of a wife whom God created for him of the fire of the Samum which here signifies, as in an instance before mentioned, a smokeless fire, and that they sprang from an egg. The female ghoul, it is added, appears to men in the deserts in various forms, converses with them, and sometimes yields herself to them. The Sa'alla, or the Sa'alla, is another demoniacal creature described by most authors as of the jinn. It is said that it is mostly found in forests, and that when it captures a man, it makes him dance, and plays with him as the cats play with the mouse. A man of Isfahan asserted that many beings of this kind abounded in his country, that sometimes the wolf would hunt one of them by night and devour it, and that when it had seized it, the Sa'allah would cry out, Come to my help, for the wolf devoureth me, or it would cry, Who will liberate me? I have a hundred dinars, and he shall receive them. But the people, knowing that it was the cry of the Sa'allah, no one would liberate it.
An island in the Sea of Elsin, China, is called the Island of the Sa'alla by the Arab geographers from its being said to be inhabited by the demons so named. They are described as creatures of hideous form, supposed to be shaitans, the offspring of human beings and jinn, who eat men. The Ghadar, or Gharar, is another creature of a similar nature, described as being found in the borders of Al-Yemen, and sometimes in Tahama, and in the upper parts of Egypt. It is said that it entices a man to it, and either tortures him in a manner not to be described, or merely terrifies him and leaves him. The Delhan is also a demoniacal being inhabiting the islands of the seas, having the form of a man and riding on an ostrich. It eats the flesh of men whom the sea casts on the shore from wrecks. Some say that a Delhan once attacked a ship in the sea and desired to take the crew, but they contended with it, whereupon it uttered a cry which caused them to fall upon their faces, and it took them. The Shik is another demoniacal creature, having the form of half a human being, like a man divided longitudinally and it is believed that the Nesnes is the offspring of a ship and of a human being. The former appears to travelers, and it was a demon of this kind who killed and was killed by Alkama, the son of Safwan, the son of Omeya, of whom it is well known that he was killed by a jinni. So says al Qazwini. The Nesnes above mentioned is described as resembling half a human being, having half a head, half a body, one arm, and one leg, with which it hops with much agility, as being found in the woods of Al-Yemen, and being endowed with speech. But God, it is added, is all-knowing. It is said that it is found in Hadramaut, as well as Al-Yemen, and that one was brought alive to Al-Mutawakkal. It resembled a man in form, excepting that it had but half a face, which was in its breast, and a tail like that of a sheep. The people of Hadramaut, it is added, eat it, and its flesh is sweet. It is only generated in their country. A man who went there asserted that he saw a captured Nisnas, which cried out for mercy, conjuring him by God and by himself. A race of people whose head is in the breast is described as inhabiting an island called Jabba, supposed to be Java, in the Sea of Al-Hind, India. A kind of Nesnas is also described as inhabiting the island of Raich, in the Sea of El-Sin, China, and having wings like those of the bat. The Hatif is a being that is heard but not seen, and is often mentioned by Arab riders. It is generally the communicator of some intelligence in the way of advice, or direction, or warning. Here terminating this chapter, I must beg the reader to remark that the superstitious fancies which it describes are prevalent among all classes of the Arabs, and the Muslims in general, learned as well as vulgar. End of Arabian Demonology by Edward William Lane This LibriVox recording is in the public domain.